Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Uh, don't open your Bibles yet. Uh, just a moment. Uh, let's just listen to this. Because the Bible presents two ways to live. The way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And the way of the righteous leads to life. And the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So listen to this. It goes like this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree, planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. There is only two ways to live. The way of the wicked and the way of the righteous. And both of these ways, both of these paths start here on this earth and they continue on into eternity where the righteous are with the Lord Jesus in heaven and the wicked are those who face the wrath of God in hell forever. Now these two paths, you, you can agree theologically with them. You can say, yes, there's a path to the wicked. Those on it will go to hell. But start putting some names and faces to those on that path. Think about your neighbors who are very loving and kind, who don't know Jesus. I think about those we knew in Chicago, Muslims and Jews and Hindus, great friends of ours, very nice to us, nice to our kids, and yet the Bible is very clear. They are on the path of the wicked and rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And that path will continue on into eternity. You think, well, that's so mean. That's just, just, that sounds so Old Testament. Well, Jesus said, there is this broad road. It's really wide. And it leads to destruction. And most people go down it. And Jesus said, but there's this narrow road if you find it. It's the path of the righteous. Now get this. Don't think, don't think, okay, the path of the wicked is like way over here and the path of the righteous is like way over here. Nope, they're often like side by side. Yeah? Side by side. We live, the wicked and the righteous live and inhabit this earth together. And the exhortation from the psalm that I recited to you is 
for ancient Israel and for you, believers in Christ, to stay away from the path of the wicked and stay on the path of the righteous. And that's what we see as we turn in our open Bibles to Psalm 1. Look at Psalm 1. Over the next two months, we are going to have a series called Summer in the Psalms. And we will look at a variety of psalms before we hit, Lord willing, September. And once we hit September, we'll be in the book of Hebrews for the next 10 years. (laughs) This is a warm-up here. This psalm lays out two ways to live. And this two ways to live will come up throughout the entire book of Psalms. And the psalmist is addressing the assembly of the righteous and urging them to stay on the righteous path. Now, this psalm is very personal to me for two reasons. One, I can see how easily enticed I am and tempted to leave the path of the righteous to take a vacation over to the path of the wicked. Anybody ever tempted to take a vacation? Like, well, let's just, let's take a little vacation and see how it goes. It's personal to me for that reason, but it's also personal to me because I've seen people in ministry over the last 20-something years who have taken a vacation onto the wicked path and they have set up permanent residence. I can see the faces of people who have fallen away from Jesus. I can see where they were sitting when I was preaching and now they're no longer following Jesus. And there is something that crushes the heart of a pastor to see that. People you love, you care for, you've been in their home, they've been in your home, you prayed together with them, you prayed for their kids when they were sick, you, they, you just did a lot of things with them and then they've taken up permanent residence on the path of the wicked and they want nothing to do with Jesus. And that kills me. And that's why the warning here. It's very clear. Stay away from the path of the wicked and continue to follow on the path of the righteous. Now, before we really get going, we've got to be very clear here. You are nothing special just because you're on the path of the righteous. You are special in the sense that God has worked a grace in your life, but don't think that you have this, your life all together, right? We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and the finished work of Christ alone, which means that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and now as believers, we live that out, right? We live that out. We are sinners on this path. The sinners are on the wicked path, but we're repentant sinners saved by grace. Are you with me? So don't think that you can just lord it over and look down, okay? You're with me, right? So the paths are together, and we want to be careful that we don't take vacations, because we may set up permanent residence, all right? So that's where we're going this morning. So let's do this. Psalm 1, verse 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So he's telling us the godly person will be blessed and filled with joy if he avoids the path dominated by what is considered here. It says the wicked... Sinners and scoffers. Now, it's not talking about avoiding the wicked sinners, scoffers of the world. For that, you'd have to be taken out of the world. The issue here is that the godly person is to avoid the influence of the wicked and not be swayed by sinners or scoffers. And the Bible is saying here that 
the ungodly have a certain worldview. They have a certain lifestyle and a certain attitude as opposed to those who are walking on the path of the righteous. And this worldview is transmitted through what we would call counsel. It says do not walk in the counsel of the wicked because the wicked are, are sharing counsel, a worldview. And not only that, but they have a certain path. It's a lifestyle that's lived out on the path. And then they have an attitude, and the attitude is scoffing, kind of making fun of you, making fun of those who are on the path of the righteous. So let's put this all together. And they have the influence of the worldview, the counsel, the lifestyle, the way they're walking, or the attitude, the scoffing. And I want to take a common area that I see of divergence where some are on the righteous path and they take vacations to the wicked path and some set up permanent residence there. I I would say that the issue that I've seen, uh, I guess, distract believers the most or those who act like believers is in the area of um, something we would call a messed up sexual ethic. What I mean by that is that you have some walking on the righteous path and then they fall or attempt it by sexual morality and they walk on the path of the wicked and we we pray for them to repent. But what you will also notice is those who are apparently trying to walk on the righteous path will start to be influenced by the worldview of those in the world, their lifestyle, uh, their attitudes, and they'll start to come on over here and approve certain things that the world approves and their sexual ethic. They will start to perhaps even walk in some of the ways of the world walks. And their, and their heart is saying, you know, we're going to set up residence over here. And I just want to tell you this. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not, not being dramatic, but most people, 76.9% of the people I've seen leave the righteous path, have gone on to the wicked path because of something has to do with sexual ethics, sexual immorality. I don't know what it is. Of course, I've worked with college students, young people, when I was in Chicago and even in Los Angeles, but I even see it here. There's something about when those who stray, that's one of the biggest things that causes them to stray. And I have, I've rarely seen a person who strays over to this path and says, yeah, I'm now on this path, but I still believe the same thing about sexual ethics that I believed before. No, they don't. You'll have these stories and I don't know if you see them, this concept of ex-evangelicals, people who no longer claim to be an evangelical, they're ex-evangelicals, and you can't even wonder if they're even believers at all. And what they will often do is one of the first things they'll post on whatever they're posting on is how they affirm homosexuality. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, that's one of the first things that they bring up. It's this sexual ethic that is causing them, in some way, their heart wants that, and they fall away from the Lord. Because there's a worldview that's transmitted through counsel. There's a lifestyle that's the path they're walking. Are you with me here? And so what we're called to do as believers, the godly man, the godly woman, is not to associate with the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the lifestyle of the sinners, nor sandal into the attitude of the scoffers. So part of the Christian life is to avoid the wicked path. Part of the Christian life is to stay away from being influenced by that worldview and that lifestyle. That's part of the Christian life. So we should say, yes, part of the Christian life is to separate ourselves from being influenced by the wicked path. Doesn't mean we're not going to share the gospel, love people, love our neighbors, but we're to separate our hearts and our mind from that worldview, that wickedness. 
But the Christian is not just to separate themselves, but the Christian is also to seek something positive in its place. So let's look at that positive influence we are to seek in the Lord in verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So the godly person separates from the wicked and delights in God's word and meditates upon it. Now, when you see this verse, you think, wow, he delights in the law, delights in the word, and he meditates on it day and night. And I would say this verse could create a lot of guilt in you. And since I went to seminary, I have skills of making you feel guilty. I do. That's what I was trying. I had a whole class in it. And so just watch me. So watch. Here it goes like this. How have you been doing meditating on the word of God? Not very good, right? How you, how you been, how's it been, been, been coming inside of you day and night and, you, and your heart finds joy in it? Not very good, right? Why? Because you, you like other things instead, right? I mean, are you feeling guilty? Yeah, I mean, that, that's often what we do. And so you think, okay, pastor, make us feel bad. No, we're not going to do that. Because what we're going to do is what the word is saying is saying, hey, there is joy, there is delight in the word of God. It's not about feeling guilty, oh, I better read my Bible. It's like, wow, this is where joy is at. This is where delight is at. It says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And the law would be the first five books uh, of, known as the Torah. But, but, and, but there seems to be reason to think the, the law here is, is broadening out to the whole word of God. And for us, we obviously know it's the, the whole word of God. And, it, and if you think about the word of God, there is delight and joy in there. Because you read in the word and you say, there, and the Bible says something about, you know, there's, there's great joy in your presence, O Lord. The Bible talks about there's abundant treasures in Christ. The Bible talks about how to avoid the wicked path and have the relationships even with your enemies that you can be filled with joy. The Bible's giving you wisdom. The Bible's giving you discernment. God is speaking to you. There is a lot in the word of God that is intended for your joy and delight. But often when we got the choice, we will delight ourselves in silly things instead of the word. And so when that happens, what we need is other people. We need other people. We need our brothers and sisters to say, hey, isn't the word of God delightful? In fact, when you walk out of here today and you go to Sunday school, you go to your Sunday school classes, during class, you should poke each other and say, this is good stuff. You need one another to encourage you. I mean, because one of the first things that I will notice when people want to take a vacation from the righteous path to the wicked path is that they will separate themselves from other believers. And when you separate from other believers, you have no one encouraging you, speaking into your life that this is joy, joy in Christ. So we need one another to encourage one another. Look at verse 2 again. But his delight... It's in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, one of the things we may think, okay, well, I'm going to wait till I feel joy and happiness before I start reading the word. Because if I don't have joy and happiness in the Lord, then I feel like a hypocrite reading the word. No! 
the word creates that in you. You got that? The word will create joy and happiness in you as you meditate on it, as you ponder it, as you almost like a, a muttering, quiet voice. You maybe say the verse over and over again or, or, or a certain word, and you're doing this day and night, and, and it starts to produce joy in you consistently and, and regularly, and so that your worldview and your actions and your attitudes are shaped according to the word. And not only does the word produce joy, it also produces a prosperous life. Look at verse 3. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Now, you have this image of a healthy tree bearing fruit, and you may think, well, that doesn't seem very spectacular. Oftentimes, uh, you'll have Christians tell you that you need to have um, these experiences or supernatural experiences or ways of growth that just kind of take you to the next level. But here we have a, a simple image of a tree. Just plant it slowly, bearing fruit. Leaves are not withering. There's sign of health. If, if, you, if you're like haven't had, had any of these big experiences in your life where you feel like, man, I just really leaps and bounds. I'm growing, I'm growing. And you're just like, you know, I'm just getting in the word day in and day out. You're like a tree, slowly growing in the Lord. That's the healthy picture. And the image is talking about a godly person. It says, and whatever he does, he prospers. So those who are delighting in the word, meditating on the word, are prospering. And this doesn't mean a life without suffering or pain, but it means a life of prospering even in suffering and pain. I, two Sundays ago, I told you I had pretty much one of the worst weeks of my life. I, there was no joke. It was terrible. And then the next week was worse than the one before. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Now, this last week was better. A little bit. It couldn't get much worse, I didn't think. But the Bible's telling me that even in suffering and pain, there can be joy. There can be prospering even when things seem to be crashing all around me because there is a delight in the word. And part of the delighting in the word is a fruit to endure and persevere through pain and suffering while clinging to the Lord. Now comes the contrast with the wicked. Look at verse four. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. I once had a, a picture of me um, winnowing chaff. Maybe you've done that before, probably not. But winnowing chaff, I was in Israel, and they're saying, okay, go over there and winnow some chaff. I'm like, okay, tell me what to do. And so you go over there and you, and you pick up a shovel, and you pick up this grain and, and loosen husk, and you pick it up, and you throw it into the air. Just throw it into the air with the shovel. And the wind blows away all the loose husk while the grain falls to the ground. So you got your grain, you got rid of all the yucky stuff. And that's what the picture is here, is the wicked. They're not like the well-watered tree, but they're like the loose, dried-up chaff that is, that is driven away. And because that is the case, we have verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The consequences of the wicked will be judgment. At the judgment, the wicked will not be associated with the righteous. As there is, 
It doesn't seem like there's much separation in this life. You, you were all kind of mixed together from what we can see with our eyes. But there is a, a separation where the assembly of the righteous will go one direction and live forever in heaven. And those on the path of the wicked will go to hell and face the wrath of God forever. And I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, there is no third way. There is no other way. Two paths, two destinations. It's either heaven or hell. That's, that's the reality. And, and those who repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus are forgiven and grace will live forever with him. And those who reject him will spend forever in hell. This is, is, is real. M- my wife and I got, we got married in 97. We moved to Los Angeles. We lived there from 97 to 2004. Then we moved to Chicago. But in 2010, we went back to Los Angeles for a sabbatical which was supposed to be a time of rest. You know, go to Los Angeles for a sabbatical. So we went back to Los Angeles, and we were living in the city. It was very busy, very loud. But my wife and I would get away, and there was one place that was very quiet, and we would walk. And that was this huge cemetery. It was quiet in there. And we'd walk around, and you obviously tombstones everywhere. And the reality is, is that Every single person is either in heaven or hell. No exceptions. And you're like, oh, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about death. I don't want to think about heaven or hell. My life's going good for me. And I just want to tell you, it is amazing to me how quick life can end. On Sunday mornings, before most of you are here, I get up here, I test my microphone, I get down, I walk down these stairs, I walk down that aisle, I greet whoever is there way early, and the person that's usually there way early is Ron and Helen Stearman, right? So I walk over there, last week, Helen's getting some coffee, and I'm just chatting to Ron like I do every single week. That was last Sunday. That was last Sunday, talking to him. He's fine, he's great. This morning, he's with the Lord. Just like that. Just like that. And we praise God he knows Jesus face to face. But my brothers and sisters, there are people all around us who don't know Jesus. Maybe some of you in here don't know Jesus. And you may think, oh, life's just going to continue on. It won't continue on. There will come a time where your life will end. And then the judgment And I'm not trying to tell you to be a good person. I'm not trying to tell you to jump through hoops. I'm trying to tell you that that the Bible calls you wicked and that you need to repent and put your faith in Jesus. Have grace, mercy, because these paths are real. These paths are only two, and they last forever. And only those who put their faith in Jesus will live forever on the righteous path. It's just a reality. And then the psalm ends by verse 6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the way of the wicked passes off the scene, but it says the Lord knows in an intimate way the path of the righteous. And this path of the righteous is seen throughout the psalms, and God knows them as they walk on the righteous path. And you know that sometimes this path is lonely. God knows. The path is sometimes filled with a lot of heartache, sorrow, discouragement, anger, pain, 
God knows. You may be going through the most difficult time right now, and you say, God, you don't know. God, you don't understand. And all I can simply say to you and to my own heart is that God knows, and the reason why he knows, because the Son of God came down to walk the same path. Jesus, the Son of God, God, man, in the flesh, right, walked the path, came down to earth, took on flesh, lived a perfect life, died, crucified, buried, raised. We, we, we know all that, but do you know kind of the, one of the main points that because he came down here, he can say, yeah, I know. Yeah, Jason, I know how these last two weeks have gone. I know what pain feels like. I know what rejection feels like. I know what it's like to lose somebody. See, he knows. So we can never get to a point where we say, God does not know because Jesus knows. He's been here. He's walked this path. And he is our great high priest that can sympathize with us and our weakness so that as we're going along this righteous path, we can say, yeah, Jesus is the way, right? And he's been here. He's experienced it. And he empathizes and sympathizes with us. Two paths, two paths, and two alone. And we do not want to be those who take vacations and come back and take vacations and go back to the wicked path. We want to stay on the righteous path. And one of the ways we do that is we continue to encourage one another. And we also stay in the word. And one of the ways we can stay in the word is by meditating on it day and night. And one of the ways we can do that, as you know, I'm a big fan of, of something called scripture memory. My kids were at a camp this week. And they were telling me the scripture memory verses they had. Isn't it so cool that little kids go to Awana, they go to camp, they memorize scripture, but now that we're older and much mature, we don't need to do that, right? That's just for little kids. No, no, it's, it's for all of us. And we may not get awards like they get, but we do get rewards. And my path to starting on scripture memory is not through Awana, it's not through going to camps because I wasn't a believer growing up. All the uh, crazy liberal Christian camps I went to when I was little had nothing to do with the Bible. But when I got saved at 19, as life started progressing, I went through some of the most difficult times in my life. And you know what? I came to a point that I did not want to live anymore. I went to go see a counselor. I said, I'm done. I'm so discouraged. And he said, you know what? God knows And he started ministering to me by saying, look, you have a lot of messed up thoughts. And you need to replace those thoughts with the word of God. And so at that point, out of desperation, I started memorizing parts of the Bible. Verses. Lots of verses. Is it because I was trying to get a reward? No, it's because I was desperate for the word of God. And I know many of you have times had starts and stops of memorizing the word. And so here's my friendly reminder and exhortation to get going again. It's okay, just get going again. You know I, I wrote that book, A Hidden Within, and we have it available uh, in the lobby if you want to get it again. Maybe you took Hidden Within and you hit it and you can't find it. So... We have it available in the lobby. You can buy it again. And, you know, 
all the proceeds, every, all the money goes to the call to help vulnerable children. And so that book is in the, in the lobby again if you want to, you can donate whatever amount you want to get. But just get into the word again. Just get the word in you again. Because there are two paths, and we don't want to be those who bop back and forth, right? We want to be those who are walking on the righteous path, those who are delighting in the word of God. And as we delight in the word, we delight in the Lord, and we continue to walk with him. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.